Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 16. This is a somewhat enigmatic passage of scripture in, in that Jesus takes his friends to a place called Caesarea Philippi, a place way out of the way for them. So I'm going to read and then we'll pray and then we're just going to spend some time today seeing what we can see in the word of God. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said to him, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered him, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he sternly ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray for my friends. Lord, wherever it is that we find ourselves today, that you would give us grace to be present, grace to be still, grace to look into your word, and maybe, Lord, more importantly, to allow the spirit of the word to look into us and to help us to separate the parts of our lives that need separating and examining. God, help us to be renewed in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So everybody, the day of the posting of this podcast is uh, Monday the 18th, and uh, that's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So happy MLK Day to you, uh, one of our favorite sons in the city of Atlanta. So thankful to live in a city that uh, produce the likes of Dr. King. I think that as we look at a passage like this, um, we have to recognize something that you might miss, something that if you're not paying attention to uh, geography and culture in the days of the Bible, you would have no idea because we just read words like they went to Caesarea Philippi and we think, well, wow, where's that? Caesarea Philippi was 25 miles from the disciples and Jesus, their normal stomping grounds, but it was a million miles away culturally. It was a, a pagan place. It was a, a, a different place, a strange place, i.e. Jesus took his friends here and he knew that they wouldn't run into anybody or anything they knew, anything that was familiar to them. He really went out of his way to put them in a change of scenery place where all the familiar trappings, the, the food and the culture, uh, everything they knew, all the routines, these things were thrown out the window in a place like Caesarea Philippi. And I don't think we can, we can understate the importance of that. Y'all, it would appear as if Jesus understood the, the importance of a change of scenery it would appear as if Jesus understood that for him to get his disciples, his followers, his friends to see something with renewed clarity, that they needed to be in a renewed or a different place. And I think the same thing is true for you and me. Sometimes we have to mix things up. We have to break our routines. It's why I think taking uh, retreats, um, taking a day of silence, um, going somewhere that you don't normally go in order to ask questions you don't normally ask. I think this is so important, and I believe Jesus is modeling that for us right now in this passage. 
sometimes in order to see something about God that you haven't been able to see before, you've got to actually change your environment so that you are in a place of uh, a good kind of disorientation. So I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about whether the Lord would invite you to step outside your routines in order to ask some reflective questions. At some point in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to lead us through a series of reflective questions that might help us get some clarity around a new year or even maybe a quarter in a year, questions that would help recalibrate you. Well, I think Jesus actually puts his friends in a, in a new place, a disorienting place, an unfamiliar place in order to get them to see things from a fresh perspective. So once he gets them there, what does he do? He asks them a question. The first question Jesus asks is, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And I think it's really important for you and me to recognize that before Jesus asked Peter and his friends who they think he is, he asked them, who do people say that I am? And the disciples say, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. See, they compare Jesus to the prophets, with John being the very last of the old guard of the old prophets. And this gives us a a look at what Jesus' contemporaries thought about him. They perceived him as a truth speaker, a person willing to stand out and speak against wickedness and moral corruption, a leader um, whose life deserves consideration. They, They thought, essentially, Jesus, people are saying, you're a person to be reckoned with. And I think that one of the most important things for you and me to do is to answer that question of Jesus is who do people say that I am by turning to the pages of the Bible. This is why we must as Christians be students of the word. Y'all, it's not enough for you just to love Jesus. Um, It's good to love Jesus, vital even, but we must go beyond that. We must say, what does the scripture say about Jesus? And so I would modify this question for you and for me. Maybe you modify it this way where Jesus says, Who do the writers of the Bible say that I am? What does John think about me? What does Mark think about me? What does Luke say about me? What does Paul see when he thinks about me, Jesus would say? See, I believe that when you read the scripture concerning Jesus, you actually move beyond personal, private, subjective perspective. You get a glimpse of how the writers of the scripture perceive Jesus. And I want to say to you that if you want your faith to be deep, if you want it to be rooted, anchored, you need to know what the writers of the text say about Jesus. So I would ask you to consider these questions when you read your Bible. How does Jesus interact with people around him? How does Jesus engage need? What what do you think motivates Jesus in his engagement with other people? How does he relate with vulnerable people? Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, the poor, children. How does he relate to religious people, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, teachers of the law. These will give us a a sense of who Jesus is. And I believe that we have to answer that question. Otherwise, our faith will, will, will feel more flimsy than it needs to feel. We need to know what the text says about Jesus. That's why you need to read your Bible every day. I would commend that to you. I do every day, and you should too. Only when we've answered the question, what do others say about him, Then can we answer the second question? Jesus then says, but who do you say that I am? See, do you understand the progression there? The disciples were standing on a kind of base of awareness. They were saying, yeah, this is what others say of you. And and the answers they gave were all biblical answers. The, The prophets, Jeremiah, John the Baptist. 
But then Jesus turns the question in a more personal direction. And I think he does the same thing for you and me. See, it's not enough for you or me to simply have a kind of cognitive head understanding of who God is. And many of us, if we're honest, we're better at that than we are the more immediate, intimate question. We're like, well, we know who Jesus is. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Prince of Peace. He is a teacher, a miracle worker. But it's interesting that Jesus always takes that general awareness and affirms it, but then he turns it in a more personal direction. Who do you say that I am? And I would submit to you that that's the question Jesus is asking you. Once you've got a little bit of a basis of who Jesus is and what people think about him, the Lord then will always turn the question in a more intimate direction. Who do you think I am? What do you see, Jesus would say, when you see me? See, this is where Jesus invites us to move beyond head knowledge into an encounter with him. And I believe that there's a real invitation here for you and me. You are meant to encounter and experience Jesus. We all are. We were made to hear his voice. We were made to receive from him and encounter and experience him, his goodness, his love. But we have to make space for this in our lives. I believe that you have a part to play in receiving revelation from God. And there are two ways that you participate with this. Number one, we have to ask God for revelation. Revelation is simply a form of disclosure. It's just God showing himself to us. And um, we have to ask God for revelation. I ask Jesus to reveal himself to me all the time. And then number two, Not only do we ask for revelation, we have to make space, we have to make room, we have to put ourselves in environments where we would receive revelation. Essentially, you have to learn to be still, you have to learn to be alone, you have to learn to be quiet, you have to learn to open up your heart to the transcendent heart of God. And here's some practical steps and tips for you, and I would encourage you to reflect on these things and put them into practice. You can either go out, you can either go outside Or you can find a place in your home and determine to make that a thin place. I sit in the same spot on my couch every morning, and that's my thin place. I also walk my dog in the woods on the Proctor Creek Trail almost every morning. It's a thin place for me. When we get into these places of asking for revelation, I believe that we need to tend to places. Places matter. Excuse me. Put your phone away from you. Be okay with being a beginner. Learn how to engage to create space. Ask God for revelation. The more we ask him, the more I believe God will show himself to us. And so what happens in this moment with the disciples is that when Peter hits the nail on the head and he says, Jesus, this is who you are. This is who I know you to be. Jesus affirms him. Jesus blesses him. Jesus speaks a word of truth and blessing and affirmation over his brother because Peter knows who Jesus is. Do you know Jesus? Not just what others say, but do you have an experiential, real relationship with God? I believe that every one of us have an opportunity for that reality of relationship to grow in us if we will ask for revelation and we will make space, carve out real space to tend to the presence of God. Well, here's where the story ends. When Jesus looks at Peter and says, you know, you're a rock and on this rock I'll build my church, um, he wasn't just making some sort of like 
spiritual religious statement about Peter or about the Pope one day, as some would suggest. I think what he was saying is when you're connected to me, that puts you in a really strong and stable and sturdy place. Essentially, you're invited to stand on a rock of truth that keeps you in the midst of turbulence. And we're all aware right now that we're facing more than our fair share of turbulence. It's just all around us. You know, this is a really upside down time. And I believe the Lord wants you and me to be the kinds of people who learn to stand in sturdy places. And y'all, the way you solidify your stance, your space, is to tend to the presence of God and be able to answer the question, who do you say I am? When you know Jesus, he will give you a place to stand. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for grace. I pray that you would help us to see you for who you are and help us to walk into this new year, this 2021, with eyes to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm -hmm.